Hi, welcome back to the show. My name is Kat Burns. And I'm Chantal Renee. And we're here to ask... Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm doing uh, just fine. I don't know. Just fine. How are you? It's been a heavy week. We're recording this in the midst of the aftermath of the murder of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Police just got arrested and protests have been happening for a number of days. And I feel a deep anger and solidarity with everyone that's affected. And I'm sure you do too. 100%. So we're just trying to figure out how to do this podcast in a way that's respectful, but also um, pushing forward a little bit of solidarity with with all of our friends and family. It's been really hard to focus on anything else. And I think that it's important to hear other people's voices right now. And give space for that. Yeah. You were mentioning that a project of yours was on hold. And for me, this week was truly about nothing else but that. Yeah, I think a lot of people are realizing that, especially as you and I are white, I think sometimes it's okay to try and amplify other people that are talking that know more than us and that are more important at this moment, to be honest, than us. Mm -hmm. For me this week, I mean, I'm sure for a lot of people, social media was just so powerful and great, but also overwhelming because we're so used to going on social media every day, (laughs) spending hours a day on it. The message was so strong that it really just told me to take a seat. Yeah, I feel the same way. Social media this week's been incredible with getting information out and like showcasing a lot of awful things that are happening that usually aren't filmed. And for that, I appreciate just having that information at, at, at our fingertips. It's one of those things where it's like, we're not going to be perfect in trying to be the best ally we can. But I think the whole point is to try. Yeah. Not sit down and like ignore everything. No. But sit down, share the information. Learn. Do some reading. Educate yourself. Yeah. Do some listening. I think that's been really important. Speaking of how powerful social media can be, another medium that is incredibly powerful is television and film. Totally. This week, the Hot Docs Fest is online, and I watched that. There's no place like this place, any place, and it was a documentary that our past guest, Laura Barrett, scored um, about gentrification and just the Mervish Village development going up at Bloor & Bathurst, and it just touched me in so much emotionally. You know, and I think that that's what makes a great film is when there's a clear message and a clear story and a few tears. In that, to touch on everything that's happening this week, is there was a sub story in that documentary about a different book list bookshop, which is a fantastic community space and bookshop, black owned. And they've been in the neighborhood for what, 40 years? Yep. And that intersection has been so important to the black community. So it was a nice dual story actually talking about the gentrification of Toronto and honest eds and all that stuff, which was very important to us. For sure. They are now shipping free in Canada, so you can order from them. They have a fantastic list of books too. That's true. Check out a differentbooklist.com. That documentary really hit close to home and it just made me think about how important film and television really is. And, you know, with everything that's going on, how things are going to be different going forward. 
Productions coming into town generates income for the city and employs so many people like actors and background performers and film crew. Editors, composers, everyone. (laughs) Oh, it, it affects so many people. And so I think the hardest thing is not knowing when things are going to start back up. So yeah, I'm just interested in finding out how other people in this industry are navigating their feelings and also just trying to see the positive. Yeah. And, and adapting to this strange new way of doing productions, maybe with smaller crew or online. Yeah. Who knows? I'm excited to speak to Coral Aiken, our special guest today. I have witnessed a few of the projects that she's worked on, and they've just been also powerful and and great. And she seems to be, from what I can see, very active still in in the industry and in helping other people produce and create. And so I'm really looking forward to speaking with her today. So am I. Let's bring her on. Now on to our guest. I'm Coral Aiken. I'm a film producer in Toronto. I have a company named Aiken Heart Films. I I really focus on making interesting original work and trying to reflect the community that I live in. I have had my own company for six years now, and I've been making art for a lot longer than that. I I have a background in modern dance, so that obviously paid the bills. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I'm originally from Winnipeg. Beautiful Manitoba. The big question is, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I have this wonderful community that we're all a part of, and um, I've been leaning on people a lot, and uh, I think people have been leaning on, on each other. You know, as much as this pandemic has shown very, very much what the sort of inadequacies and and cracks in our system are, uh, it's also sort of shown the humanity of the people that we, you know, love and work with all the time. So, you know, it is a a balance. It's a really hard question. It is. (laughs) I want to find out what made you want to start your own production company. I've always wanted to sort of direct things and, and be in charge and, and uh, have my own ideas sort of always, always in a, a super collaborative field. So I think I've always really loved doing that from like bossing other kids around at a, a tiny age. <laughs> and, uh, and soon, you know, as soon as I was in my early 20s, I was just like, I'd like to make my own stuff. Yeah. I moved to Toronto uh, in 2007 to do an MFA at at York, which was a very experimental um, program at the time. And I did like hand processed dance film that I would bury in the backyard and, uh, you know, uh, dig it up and (laughs) blow off the dirt and put it in a projector and have like a live component. This is sort of my roots as an artist. (laughs) And now, you know. Yeah, put them all together. Yeah, producing and line producing these sort of bigger things now, and it's it's really fascinating. I feel like as a producer, you're a gatekeeper, and I, I feel an obligation to my community to make sure that there is the representation that I'm looking for, you know, and that's kind of grown over the years, but that's always been something like, wow, this is a great project, a great story. How can how can I help tell this? And And sort of producing is one of the ways that you can be creative, but also have a, you know, a a handle on sort of the business side and, and really getting things out there and film as opposed to theater and dance, it just has more of a reach. Um, And I'm my own business. I'm just myself. I, I do that intentionally so I can partner with other people on projects. So I'm always finding someone who's 
the right fit for each project. So it gives me a lot of flexibility, although also a lot of like my own bookkeeping, which is very annoying, but you know. Yeah, that's never, that's never the favorite part of any business owner, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're probably hyper organized. And so you know what's necessary. (laughs) I am, but then I just know when I'm not being that way. You know, when you just let it all slide, I'm like, I know this is happening, but it's happening. We were talking earlier before you came on about how these days social media is so powerful and in the same respect, film and television can be so powerful for telling people's stories. Is there anything that excites you the most about having the opportunity to work with different people or bring certain stories to life? Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the projects I have on my slate that I've been developing for about two or three years now is a director named Hubert Davis. And he is the first African-Canadian ever to be nominated for both an Oscar and an Emmy. And he made this short film. uh, It was about his relationship with his father, who is um, Harlem Globetrotter. And it's just this gorgeous film. That short was called Hardwood. He made a documentary called Giants of Africa, which is about the Raptors uh, CEO and his sort of efforts to have basketball training in Africa, where he's from. And Hubert has never had a a narrative feature funded in Canada. And, you know, I think that really speaks to some of the, (laughs) some of Mm -hmm. the issues that we're seeing really bubble over now. Mm -hmm. So this is a project I've been super interested in. And and one of the challenges we've had with that film, which is called The Well, is that it's a, (laughs) strangely, it's a dystopian future film where there's a virus (laughs) and, (laughs) and it's in the, it's in the water. And it's sort of like, basically the earth has sort of been, devastated by this waterborne virus and, and everybody's kind of living off the off the grid um, and it's uh, 10 years on into this and there's like a young female pr- mixed uh, race protagonist and her family just trying to deal with this and, and her also kind of coming of age as like a 16 year old. So it's a beautiful film, but it's sort of like we've been asked, well, why is it not more about like your experience as uh, a mixed race Canadian. And hmm. uh, he's like, well, it is, you know, um, <laughs> but it's just a story I'd like to tell. I just feel like he's number one, like a wonderful creative director and a wonderful vision of a film. But also I, I think it's just important to have some of these art works exist like of course he will make something really wonderful Mm -hmm. and I want him to make whatever story he wants to tell so there's sort of that I guess more political aspect of that work too where you're just saying this this should exist I have some sort of you know minor capabilities of of you know having some clout in the system so I, I need to be choosing projects that that check all those boxes well how do you go about deciding Mm -hmm. what project to become passionate about? I think I look at it and say, I need to spend seven years with this project and this person. Yeah. And I really know what that means now that I've made, um, you know, I'm just completing my third feature film as, as a, like a lead producer. And now I know what that means in my, you know, in my body and my gut. <laughs> That's a big undertaking. It's a long time, right? It's like a long time of your life. Um, and, you know, you have to take your own quality of life into consideration too. I, I think I'm not at a stage anymore where I can work with someone who I think is, you know, problematic or troublesome or has um, like different, very different values from mine, just because it's going to be like the best film. I'm going to be talking to them. I'm going to be sharing a room with them. I'm going to be, you know, living, living with them. 
especially if you're really into the project, it becomes uh, everything for a long time. Yeah. Seven years is a really exactly. long time. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I, I am a, a business. I'm going to go and and try and get a sales agent to represent the film. Like, what are they going to be excited about? Yeah. You're pitching the film from the second that you bring it on to its last little little sale to like some TV station in Croatia or something. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a real commitment. Um, and as like an actual commitment phobe, I think I've been pretty committed. <laughs> <laughs> I like though that you kind of approach it with like, you know, seeking out new films but also looking at the landscape and saying like what's missing and like what can I help bring what story needs to be told now and what's being told elsewhere that we can maybe you know bring on a voice to right Mm -hmm. yes was this project in production before everything sort of went down um this project I was talking about we're still financing it so not not necessarily like how many projects can you produce at once you know if it's all consuming, can you work on more than mm-hmm. more than one? I have heard the the advice from from some people I, I really respect that you should always have six on the go if you're a feature oh. film producer or TV, wow. um, and then those will be in various stages, right? So, for example, I shot a film with um, the director Hannah Cheeseman, who you might you guys might know. Mm, yeah, and so we had a short film. We shot it in a couple of days, like in her apartment. So that's one level of production. Um, and we just finished uh, post on that last week. And then I have another film that I shot in Malta, which was my first co-production with another country, oh, which wow. was a totally crazy uh, experience, but really, really rewarding. And we're just finishing the edit on that now and that shot last year. So you can see sort of like the difference. Um, and then I have several scripts in development with writers. Um, I have probably three or four really active uh, scripts that are being written. And then this project, The Well, which, you know, I was really hoping would be shooting this year. Uh, but it's looking like we're going to push that to the spring. And then on top of that, uh, because I have no life, I also really don't make that much money from any of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I also line produce other films so you know I'm the, that's another decision of of what will I work on and what's the team going to be like it's like less of a time commitment but also it's um a lot of juggling yeah exactly and then what do I do that I care about so what I did have just like a totally roundabout way of getting to this question but I did have a project that I was going to line produce which is a really lovely script which probably should have been shooting right now and uh, it was a South Africa Canada co-production so you know after I get off this call today I'm going to go back and work on that budget and see how we could either make it all Canadian or how we mm. could, you know, maybe shoot some of it in the fall still here, uh, adding a bunch of costs for COVID-related health and safety measures that have started to be announced. Because mm-hmm. the show must go on, right? We will get back to work at some point. Um, there's, I've been involved in a lot of discussions about that, so it's a very interesting landscape ahead. Well, you've also generated a lot of discussions online. I noticed that you're also a part of the Canadian Media Producers Association. Is that correct? Yes, I'm a member of uh, the CMPA. I was asked to do uh, a panel for the CMPA on small businesses because we'd been, I'd been with a group of producers who were really excellent just lobbying the CMPA. Some of the webinars they were providing were really aimed at this, these like giant companies who have these giant payrolls. Uh, a lot of us were really excluded by some of the the company benefits that were out there. And then there was all this money that was going to come into telefilm and a lot of people were excluded from that too. So I said like, let's, you know, 
they said that we could do this webinar. They said, you know, a lot of people were like, ah, oh, nobody's going to really show up. It's very niche. And it maxed out the capacity. It was 500 people signed up like immediately. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. So that's why they ended up putting it online as well. So it's like- There was a need. <laughs> there is a need. And mm-hmm. the, I mean, the reason I was tapped to do that was um, another initiative that I started during this is a really great weekly live stream. Now I've learned about live streaming really fun um so we i'm doing a show every friday at three called skill in it which is uh, a virtual skill share so i i have uh, a co-producer on that named jackie betsanduka and she is so fantastic so funny we thought you know why not have a bit of a, a diversion for people <laughs> a bit of access we basically interview industry people it's a live chat show and the goal of that is to say, listen, there are barriers to this industry before anyone even like looks at the door to get in. There's these barriers that say this industry is not for you. Like it's intimidating. Mm-hmm. There's all these acronyms. There's all sorts of gates that we don't even know. And a lot of people who are underrepresented, the reason we started uh, Skilling It is because there are so many voices that are not even anywhere near the door. And like, how can we make it feel more friendly? Mm-hmm. So Jackie's been crucial in those conversations. She's also like highlighting emerging artists in this corner. She has called Jackie's Corner and it's also hilarious. She does all this editing and is so funny. (laughs) We have a show tomorrow, Friday. And with what's going on with the protests and this incredible call for uh, BIPOC voices, I'm going to step back this week Mm. and Jackie's going to run the show. So I'm really happy we created this platform. It's a lot to do a weekly show and on video and have guests. (laughs) It's it's a lot. It is. Kudos to you. (laughs) We, We both really enjoy it. Going forward, Chantal and I were thinking about this, how, how do you think it's going to be different with you know, the borders being closed and so much of our production based on, you know, U.S., whether it's sharing of staff, of production teams, of whole productions. How do you think that could go forward? There's kind of a couple of big ones to figure out. Some of the unions and uh, and such have been releasing what they would like to see as guidelines for, for when we do go back on set in terms of, you know, wearing masks and distancing and an amount of people uh, allowed. Main issue for us, I think, as Canadians is, is what is going to happen with the Canada-U.S. border and immigration. I do think it's going to take a while, but mm-hmm. insurance is another massive issue. And that's why no one's shooting now, because normally people would just start trying to do something, yeah. uh, even, you know, with smaller crews and distancing. But we can't get insurance that covers us we usually have at least a couple of people coming from the U.S. They might be like Canadian residents uh, or, you know, have a Canadian passport like Pamela Anderson, who I put in a movie. <laughs> so even when we're talking about sort of Canadian content, Canadian talent, there's a lot of people do uh, either spend their time divided in the U.S. or or live there outright. So I think it's going to be pretty tough for us to get back to any sort of business besides really, really small shoots until the U.S. is kind of allowing us and and the or Canada is allowing the U.S. to come in, which I think we might want to stand firm on that one for a little bit, maybe keep it closed. I think so. <laughs> I think it's not a bad idea at this point. <laughs> we'll see. The restrictions might push you in a little bit more of a creative area, though, if you have to have minimal crew. It might be kind of a, you know, a, a silver lining in a strange way. Oh, for sure. I mean, though, you can make films all different ways, too. You're already streaming. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Queen of the stream. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, I think we are very creative as a as a field and as as people and we're designed to sort of be a reflection of what's happening. So I am excited to see what's going to happen. I do think it's going to be kind of burdensome burdensome on budgets to try to get up to the levels that are going to be required. Yeah. So we're we're all lobbying the government for more support on that too, but you were talking about how, you know, hey, what are you doing over there? And and how do you do it? <laughs> I I know for me, um, lately it's been gardening, but is there something that you're doing for yourself that makes you feel good? Yeah, I do. I do definitely care about myself. And I do try and prioritize that after all these years of being, you know, in a business that demands your attention 24-7. But I moved uh, into a new apartment. I traveled a lot the last couple of years. I was making a film in Turkey and made a film in Malta, which makes me sound very exciting. But it's like I'm away from home a lot. So I, I have been the last couple of months just enjoying having a chance to be in my own space. You know, I like plants and I like to cook, which I never, ever get to do. So, you know, having like a couple of weeks worth of food in the cupboards and in the fridge mm-hmm. is like very unusual for me. I've, I've just been trying to enjoy that, you know, and uh, I've been uh, just getting some, I, ha- I live on the 12th floor of an apartment building, you know, in uh, downtown Toronto. So I have a tiny balcony space. So I've been putting some herbs out there and, Aww. you know, enjoying, enjoying that sort of side of things. Um, I also have a little godson who I'm very close with. We've sort of expanded our circle so I could help with him from time to time. You know, you really kind of prioritize things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really love, you know, watching him grow up and spending time with him. Aww. I do really, really miss my family in Winnipeg. So I, uh, I talk to them quite a bit, but and it sounds like you've got a lot of creative projects and involvement in the community that is keeping you kind of afloat. I do. I do. I think I might chill it out on that stuff for a bit. I might, when it's allowed, drive to Manitoba. My partner and I might drive out there and just, if this is going to continue for a while, like maybe spend a couple of weeks in July, just kind of decompressing. Yeah. I have been super busy every day. I've been working like 14 hour days every day. I don't know how. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time, Coral. It was great to hear everything about your business and, and your journey in this strange time as a producer and that you're keeping super, super busy. We look forward to seeing the projects you're working on come to fruition. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so lovely and I really love the idea and, and what you're, you're both doing. So, you know, kudos to you guys too. Oh, thanks. That was so nice. And I feel honestly so much better after that conversation. It gave me hope for so many things. Yeah. I think the industry is going to change, obviously, and it's going to maybe just stay a little bit closer to home for a while. It's going to take some time, but there is relief there for sure. I agree. It's nice to know that the industry is continuing to go forward, but also I love that Coral is so focused on telling the stories of people around us and maybe keeping it close to home for a little while isn't a bad thing. I, I'm interested in learning about streaming now, too. I think that this is going to be the new way, or it already is. There's a lot of honesty to it, and there's something 
there's something really like vulnerable about streaming. It brings back the feeling of like going on stage for the first time. But with like a bunch of people that you don't know from all over the world watching you and you just, I mean, it's the same nerves. You're just like, I don't know who's watching, but I'm hoping that I can get through to the other side. Can 2020 end already though? <laughs> it's already been about seven years long. <laughs> it feels that way. I think we should just burn our journals at the end of the year. Honestly, I feel the same. I stopped writing because I was like, every day is so sad. And I just, my journal is just going to be so sad. It, it's been heavy and I'm excited to just take this energy and go forward with the day and feel better. Honestly, like I feel like a hundred times better than I did an hour ago. Just, just remembering that there's hope and uh, not, not all is lost. It was so nice to speak with her. Thanks again, Coral. And to our listeners, make sure to check out AchenHeartFilms.com. Or if you're interested in checking out the Skill in It live streams on YouTube, check out Aikenheart Films on YouTube. We'll make sure to include those links in our show notes. And speaking of show notes, reminder that in our show notes, we have a link that we invite you to come leave a message, let us know how you're doing, and we might include it in a future show. And you can also shoot us an email and let us know how you're liking the show or if you have any comments, critiques, feedback, or just want to send some love. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, when we ask. Hello.